0: we welcome back to the program uh, if you want to talk CFL no one better to talk with uh, Marshall Ferguson from the CFL on uh, TSN and uh, Marshall I'm sure uh, I know you're you're a huge fan of uh, football and you've been uh, prepping and prepping and waiting to for uh, preseason and stuff <laughs> and uh, reading all of the uh, the notes about this new uh, uh, the the latest CBA proposal what do you make of you know, the, this 49%, you know, the snap ratio, and, and now supposedly, according to Farhan analogy, that the, the teams who have the Canadians for the most snaps will each get a second, uh, an extra second-round pick.
1: Uh, first and foremost, let's just all agree that whatever this 49% thing is is confusing as hell. Like, Thank you. It, I don't know how you're supposed to be able to track this in-game. I know people who work in football operations that – even when you are tracking the ratio. like Let's keep this in mind, okay? When people are looking at uh, in-game whether you are applying the correct number of Canadians and how many snaps they've taken in the past, what they end up doing is, let's say a game is played between uh, the Stampeders and the Elks on a Saturday evening. Then on Sunday, the film is posted. Then on Monday, it is reviewed, and within 48 hours, they have to be able to track who took each snap because participation matters in terms of teams violating the ratio in the first place. That stuff doesn't actually come out and be confirmed until about Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. If there's anything wrong with that, then football operations would need to reach out, get in contact with the club, confirm whether or not there were any discrepancies. Was it intentional? Was it accidental? Once you end up having that communication completed, then it's about Wednesday. And oh, by the way, here comes Thursday night football on PSF. Like it's in order to be able to actually police any of this 49% stuff the fraud has been tweeting about in the last half hour It's tough, and it's also really slow, which means that you're going to end up getting delays in it, where if somebody does violate the 49% or do it consistently, you're not really going to find out about it until the next week's games are already kicking off. And that's kind of the best-case scenario. So I I found it confusing. I'm not a big fan of it. I also think that as a CFL and TSN broadcaster, it's damn near impossible for us to be able to present it honestly to our our viewers and our listeners because in the game – how are we supposed to be able to know in the fourth quarter? Oh, wow, there's, like, no Canadians on the field right now. Why is that? Oh, it's because they had an allotment of snaps that were available for the nationalized Americans. Okay, that makes sense, but also we have no idea whether or not they've played more than 49% of those snaps here throughout the entirety of the game. So it just, it's, it's difficult for us to understand. I can't imagine how difficult it will be for fans to understand if, indeed, this is what they're going through with, which is...
0: Yeah, well, to me, you almost have to hire... One person whose sole job it is, is to count the snaps for for those positions.
1: Right. And the other thing is, too, in order for teams to not end up violating this, they almost have to dedicate one person per their staffs to sit upstairs and track who's on the field for every single step. Now, I will say the one real big positive that could come out of all of this that I have been campaigning for for the last three, four years, essentially, when I see places like Pro Football Focus or the National Football League, even, you know, Ben Voland does a great job with the Boston Globe covering in yeah. New, New England Patriots. They will every single Monday morning, they'll tweet out, hey, here's the participation percentages per, per game for certain players. And the, it really does make you understand what teams were doing where, OK, mm-hmm. they had, uh, you know, a certain defensive package on the field for of snaps in that game. Wow, they were playing a lot of too high free safeties because the game unfolded in in X, Y, or Z way. If we can then get the percentage of snaps per player publicly known for all players, not just for the 49% or the nationalized Americans or whatever it might be, that would be a win because then we'd be able to tell better stories as broadcasters and the public would be able to consume that, I think, in a little bit better way. So, anyways, that's my long, rambling way of saying it's confusing. It's difficult. I think it's a little bit tough for fans to understand. But at this point, if we're able to get on the field for Friday night, tomorrow evening, in a couple of different places around the country, get the preseason going, there's not going to be a whole lot of people who are complaining because the alternative is not a short break from what I've heard it seen.
0: Yeah, wow. I wonder if they're going to vote on this one, uh, Positively or not, but here's the thing. It doesn't seem like anything changed other than they added a draft pick. How does that benefit yeah, well, the players? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> what, 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 like, what, what am I missing here? What is different from this one than the previous one that the players said no to?
1: It seems like there's a bit of a bump in the ratification bonus, which is somebody who has absolutely no experience in business, I didn't even realize was a thing. And then once I saw that, I went, oh, yeah, of course, that would be like a staple of business, where I even talking to Derek Taylor, the voice of the bombers, I said to him, are you familiar with the ratification bonus? He said, I was in a union one time, everybody was making 30 grand, and they offered us like a $5,000 ratification bonus, and everybody was going, whoa. I can't believe this. Like, we're all, we're rich. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're rich up front, but what does it mean that they're offering you that on the front end to try and change some finances on the back end with the salary cap getting changed around in 2022? Potentially this season, $50,000 less per team was what was originally reported, and I'm not sure if that's still in the new deal that's being offered here. But then outside of the ratification bonus, yeah, you're right. The, The interesting thing I found, because I'll be honest, this afternoon it felt like it was a sticking point, right? Both sides were dug in. It was about ratio. It was whether or not the CFLPA was going to allow the league to have an extra American influence or whether or not they were going to dig in even further and say, no, we're not budging on this whatsoever. And then you saw the draft pick with Farhan's tweet about 20 minutes ago where they say, yes, whoever has the highest percentage of Canadians that are playing in snaps, they get an extra second round pick. Now, I love that because it's creative, and I hadn't even thought that that would be available or on the table. I don't know if that would be in place of the territorial draft selections that have typically been at the end of the second round in the CFL draft, or if we would do the territorial selections and then these random two draft picks that would also factor in. What I do know is that can be a really good football player for you. But here's the problem. If that can be a really good football player for you, why are we trying to put less of them on the field? (laughs) Because you're offering, hey, here's an incentive for you to play more Canadians. Also, we're taking away Canadian spots for you in this deal that you are trying to sign, which we are offering you with this ratification bonus in order to get completed. That's the difficult conundrum for me, is we're enticing teams to play more Canadians as we are offering them a deal that includes less Canadians. So on the front face, it seems like a fun, creative solution, but the reality on the back end is the exact same place that we were talking about before this deal was offered. Again, I talk about that with a bit of a Spockian eyebrow, but I also realize that I don't want this to be a no vote. I want football to be played as everybody across the country does. So I don't know who got the better of it on the front end as soon as I saw this deal. I was like, I don't know if that's a better deal for the Players Association, but if this thing comes back as a no vote, like it I don't know what that means moving forward other than we're not going to be playing football for the next little bit.
0: Yeah, won't be uh won't be good at all. Um one last one, when you look at all the changes, Marshall, and, and it's really hard because there's always some players that we've never seen in the CFL that can be difference makers right away. But what what would be your right now from your vantage point? Like when I look at the Elks, I expect their defense to be better, but I I, I have no expectations of their offense. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of their O.C. I never have been, to be honest. And now they don't have an established quarterback. So what are you expecting from Edmonton's
1: offense? I think it's up in the air as of right now. They spent so much money to go and get Kenny Lawler. I think that's going to hamstring you no matter what. And they wanted a spot to receiver. But the Chris Jones model in the past, specifically obviously in Saskatchewan, is – Uh, a very versatile defense, which with the hash marks being squeezed in, the field being more equal, where you don't have to flip your corners or your halfbacks necessarily from side to side, your weak side linebacker plays more like your strong side linebacker, all these little X's and those things, he's going to be even better defensively because he's going to get more creative, more versatile, it's going to be more confusing looks. That stuff all benefits him, and that's always been a staple of Chris Jones' teams. The downside of that is, he tends to not have the best relationship at all times with his quarterbacks. Like I remember covering it was the 2017 Eastern final. I think that was the Kevin Glenn and Brandon bridge team where it was first quarter. Kevin Glenn starts. You know what? I don't like this middle of the second quarter bridge. You're in bridge throws an interception. You know what KG you finished the half. We come out to start the second half. Hey, Brandon is starting. again. There was no real rhyme or reason. It was just, I don't like you. No, I don't like you. Now. I don't like you. No, I like, no, you know what? I don't like you. And it's just that type of, of, back and forth, that makes me really concerned because I see Nick Arbuckle, who's a guy who's already been messed around with so much in this league over the last few years of, hey, we like you a lot in Calgary. We're gonna trade you for a high draft pick. Go to Ottawa, get a signing bonus. Just kidding, we don't actually want you. We want Matt Nichols. Ooh, that was a bad decision. Go to Toronto. Get a signing bonus. Ooh, actually we don't want you. We want cloud Battle Thompson. Go to Edmonton. Ooh, we don't actually really want you. well, maybe we want you. Well, maybe we want you enough to let you play for now but we're also keeping an eye on every damn Ohio State Buckeye quarterback that's come out over the last 10 years like it's <laughs> that's kind of the spot that Nick finds himself in so i don't have huge expectations of them but i will say every single clip that they've sent out from training camp has involved Nick Arbuckle throwing quick slants, RPOs, these different things that he's really started to specialize in. And he's got a really talented arm capability. Does that mean that he'll fuse with Stephen McAdoo's offense, the offensive coordinator that you speak of? Will they be productive? Will Lawler have as good a season as Greg Ellingson, who's replacing him in Winnipeg? I have my doubts, but I do know that Chris Jones and that defense will keep them in a heck of a lot of games that they probably shouldn't be in if they're not scoring a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we hope that this ratifies it, uh, fans of the CFL, because I'll tell you that if it isn't ratified, I don't know where the CFL goes from here, because uh, I don't think it'll be pretty at all, Marshall. So uh, yeah. we'll see where it goes, my man. Uh, hopefully, you're calling games soon.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it.
0: That's, uh, once again, our uh, one of the uh, CFL insiders, Marshall Ferguson from the CFL on TSN. And uh, a new scene for you diehard CFL fans, according to Farhand uh a new. Uh, CBA has been uh, sent out. It's getting voted on as we speak. And uh, we'll find out if this one uh, gets approval or not. I think everybody around the league hopes it does. Uh, If it doesn't, I don't know where the league goes. I have no idea. That was the CFL report brought to you by All Tech Supply.